Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT flavoured edition. I'm El Fakador, Laurie Blake, and I'm joined by Adam Blompier, who's about to lose his hair. Yay! Join us. <laughs> Google gobble. <laughs> Join us, the smooth-headed brigade. Don't like it. <laughs> we're not here to actually talk about Adam's hair loss, <laughs> impending hair loss. We're here to talk about what happened on NXT, and they crowned a brand new NXT champion, but it's kind of a brand old NXT champion because it's Finn Balor. Here is the show. Let's dive in with the uh, the match that kicked off NXT this week and the match that was sort of meant to sort of push people to be watching this week's episode where they swerved us at the end of last week's edition and were like, oh, it's a draw. You've watched 60 minutes for a draw. Again, really good match. However, a bit unsatisfying to watch. This, however, did have a very satisfying finish. This was Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. Um, they really hyped up the idea that, you know, Balor, if he won again, would be joining, either man actually would be winning, joining a pantheon of, of greats in Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe as the only two-time NXT champions. Balor had a 292-day reign, I think it was, with the belt, which was the longest reign until Adam Cole came along with 403 days, I believe Cole's reign was, uh, and topped it all. And that kind of like, you know, I think that idea of them, they they, they played up the idea that the, the, the guys in the four-way last week were the four pillars of NXT, and then it sort of has been whittled down to two pillars, even playing into that idea with the uh, the branding of Super Tuesday 2, because the two was two Roman pillars, uh, you know. So, like, it really did feel like this was the kind of the match of 
the biggest names in NXT right now facing off for the title. And I think it was pretty damn good. What did you think, Adam? Do you know what? Finn Bush. Oh, Finn. <laughs> Do you know what Finn Balor oh, have has? Have you got your been... hair on your mind? Is that what? Uh, yes. I've, Finn, I've Finn, grabbed... Finn Bush is what you're going to end up with tonight on Quizzle Radio. Hey. Um... <laughs> It was going to be so. Ah, oh, it was such a good line as well. It was such a good setup. Do you know what Finn Balor has received now, Laurie? The big push. The big push is what I was going. Big to push. Do. And I was going to do the air horn. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, Finn Bush, uh, son of Kate Bush. Uh... <laughs> Finn Bush's Palor is what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's me done. That's me done for the podcast. (laughs) See you later. Okay, bye then. Right, let's... Oh, no, you're revealing the back of the shot and this bit of cardboard I'm using to flag the sides. Put yourself back in. Get back in here. I'm back. I'm sorry. Um, Okay. So, yeah, what did you think of the match beyond (laughs) your terrible uh, ability to craft a sentence? Oh, no. Uh, Right. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, Like, the first... The stuff before the first like two ad breaks didn't really do anything for me. Standard match, feeling out process. Um, I think it's difficult when uh, like I really like the the canned crowd uh, for the majority of the show. They don't quite feel right when it comes to like big big matches with high stakes because like it's it's not the same as if we if we had a crowd watching this they would be properly like you know super hype you know let's go Finn let's go uh, Cole and there was a little bit of that but basically they were just banging on the glass for the whole thing which kind of made it feel a little bit flat especially for the first two segments final segment really really great that's when Cole started doing super kicks and uh, you know they started working the leg uh the all the leg stuff was really really good like that's what the match came to be built around but the first two segments of it felt you know a little aimless which for for a result that felt like you know it was a foregone conclusion it's just like let's get let's get to the let's get to the interesting stuff but the last third of the match was really really great uh first time yeah i think we've seen someone kicking out of the coup de gras which is interesting um you know people kicking out of last shots and all 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 the nxt stuff we we come to expect um and yeah, I, I damn liked it. indie guys with their near falls. Uh, there was yeah, there was a bunch of really cool like kind of sequences in this where like Bala missed the, the stomp on the floor, and as Cole popped up, he hit tried to hit a pump kick and missed, and then Bala hits the sling blade, and as he runs back in to try and hit the drop kick, Cole's already up and just shining wizards him out of nowhere. Um, and then there was just yeah, the bit where Bala chucks him outside and he hits the baseball drop kick, and then he's kicking him while he's down, puts him in the chair by the uh, the, the ring announcer. Um, finger guns runs in and Cole pops up at the last second and hits this super kick instead of uh, Bala hitting his drop kick. I just thought they they had really good chemistry and they did start to get like there was. I I, I agree that that first sort of half maybe when there were the first two ad breaks didn't really go anywhere and they were it felt like kind of we're we're warming up you're warming up with us um and then yeah it really did just kick into this different gear and the knee stuff i thought was just brilliant i thought Mm. that was like once cole got into the figure four um after ballas sort of slightly fell on a coup de gras miss um 
and then he hits that sling blade, the reverse DDT, his own coup de grace, but his knee gives out as he hits it, and then he's sort of flopping around on the floor. And that makes Adam Cole the first person to kick out of the coup de grace, but then there's also, it's still a protected move because... Not you know, quite true, not quite true. Brock Lesnar kicked out of one. Okay, but they, they that is, they Thank said... Thank you, Lena Bliss, they, in the comments. Thank you. But NXT did, NXT were really playing that up themselves, saying that no one's really kicked out of the coup de grace. So they, they've obviously also forgot Brock Lesnar. <laughs> to be fair, what's his name? Vic Joseph called a, a power a power slam, a power bomb in the main event. He's a bloody idiot. How dare he misspeak? What does he, what does he know? Yeah. Yeah. Stupid Vic Bush. Uh, anyway, let's... Um, I don't think we covered it in last week's show, but Mauro uh, has, has quat WWE. He's not involved in the company anymore. They've parted ways, uh, which is a shame. Mauro was great. Um, but I, I got to say, I am really behind. If this means more Stu Bennett on commentary, like... He's a really good replacement, a pretty out of left field one as well. But he's gonna do some amazing. I like. I. I. He properly. He hasn't quite found his like alignment yet. Not that he necessarily needs to be heel. It feels like he's probably the closest thing that NXT's got to a heel announcer now that kind of uh, Nigel McGuinness uh, isn't there. But I just wanted yeah to kind of point out that it's nice. Yeah, he's really, really good on commentary, and I really enjoy what he brings to NXT. Yeah, he's definitely a little bit more of a character than Nigel because I think like Nigel's obviously Nigel fits into the you've got to have one heel commentator mold, but he's so obviously his wrestling knowledge is so broad and he's so brilliant at like really selling the specific action in the match and like putting over tiny little moments is really important. And I think Stu Bennett brings that same level of like technical knowledge um, and makes a really big deal out of really small things to sort of enhance the match for the viewer. But then, yeah, I think he, he does feel more like a sort of uh, he's, he's obviously playing bad news Barrett and that, you know, that, there is always that sort of overriding thing of like, well, I'm just better than all these guys, so why would I care? <laughs> He's got a really nice air of a flabbergasted dad at times, which I really, really <laughs> like. Whoa, whoa, what the bloody hell? Yeah, I, I really like that kind of... Um, he's like he's like he doesn't know what NXT is. Like, even though he won the first season of NXT, mm. he's just like, whoa, who are all these guys? Why is, why is no one carrying a barrel around the ring as fast as they can? I don't. Why is no one cutting a promo on the word wind? This is not NXT. Uh, but yeah, he's um, he's a delightful presence. Mm-hmm, he definitely is. Um, so this match ended with like a big reverse, uh, in a sort of inverted 1916. Balor goes up for the coup de grace, but he's being slow. He gets caught up top. And then he hits the 1916 from the top for the win. I thought the finish was really interesting and cool. I like the fact that both guys kicked out of each other's finishes here. It felt kind of warranted at the sort of scale of the match. I think it put both guys over as like evenly matched it. And I really bought into um, the sort of final last shot that Cole hits where Balor kicks out right at two. They they did a very good job of making it seem like it could go either way. And then that finish was really cool. Like something new that we've not really seen from Balor before in WWE. and puts over 1916 really hard as a like finishing move. Balor looked great. I liked the sort of playing it up afterwards when we saw them backstage as well. And everyone came to congratulate Balor and Triple H shakes his hand. And then Cole comes along, shakes his hand and gives him a two sweet. Like this was all really nicely present, like presented. This was, 
kind of they didn't really have time to build too much of a story out of this match going into like obviously carrying cross being injured he didn't have loads of time to be like here's a quick story we've tracked together i just preferred the fact that it was just like just build it around the best guys let them have a really fair even competition let's keep the undisputed era out of it like you know just boil it right down to this is simply what NXT is about. And that it really did feel like a kind of summation of the brand by having this match. Um, and I think Balor, as we said, it felt like a foregone conclusion, but he is the best choice. You know how when people do their finishing move from the top rope, they add super to the front of it. Mm-hmm. And you know how Finn Balor, like two sweets people, you know what they should call that move when he does it, done it from the top. The no. super sweet 16. You can play the That's it. That's all. That's it. Thank you for your insight as ever. The the Wade Barrett of this podcast, Adam Blompier. <laughs> <Thank you, sir. laughs> right, okay. Well, let's... What, what do you think of Balor as champion? What do you hope for the future uh, going forward with Balor in the top spot? Uh, he's a really good choice. He is the choice, I think, that is the the fans <laughs> want to see. Like, I, I, I think... If they had included in the Fatal 4-Way someone who hadn't been champ before, I think people might have even wanted to see that over Balor. Um, I think Balor still... he Face Balor, I don't quite know who he is yet. Uh, hopefully, kind of the championship reign will kind of cement that. I don't really know who Finn is now that he's just like kind of grateful. When he, when he first came back, he was a rugged little bastard you know like he really kind of wrestled the stiffer style and if anything cole was the one who was like really laying in the super kicks thick in this match i'm not entirely sure who face ballot is i hope what i hope for this title reign is uh, some really nice story moments who we kind of like get to know ballot i i I guess he's a tweener Mm -hmm. i guess but like there was like he was very gracious after the match and i don't know I don't know. It's 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 good. Like I am very up for seeing Bala versus Champa, Bala versus Gargano too. I'm very up for seeing uh, Bala versus pretty much anyone on the roster. Like mm-hmm. ever ever since he's come back, he's had nothing but good matches. So this is a good thing for our champion. Um, but I just yeah, not entirely sure where I stand uh, with his character just right now. But you know. That's fine. This is a uh, this is a very exciting thing to to happen to his character. Uh, I I'm hoping for Bala Champa now. That would be Ooh. that would be super super nice. Yeah, because I think it'd be it'd be it'd be good to see that sort of you know well not you know Bala's heel turn felt like more just pent up ruthlessness and aggression coming out. It never really felt truly. It was it wasn't played up truly heelish like he's always been sort of just like a little rugged badass like you said like he's always felt tweener um and i'm hoping that you know the championship pushes him in that direction of like he's going to want to do anything to hold on to it and he's going to get more and more ruthless and then i think that pairing with champa who has just come back and proven himself to be absolutely vicious and ruthless in terms of trying to get what he wants um and like we said last week it was kind of presented maybe even face in in that fatal four where he definitely didn't feel particularly 
as heelish as he had been when he attacked Jay Catless. No. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they play up Champa's heel tendencies here, if they're going to put him against Balor. Because um, I really do think two guys sinking further and further into the mire together in an attempt to get this belt um, is a really fascinating story. Like I like kind of... Obviously, wrestling is predicated on the idea of being like, let's have a let's have a goodie and a baddie, and the baddie is bad, and they do things to the goodie, and the goodie's like, oh no! And I just think you could do something much more interesting with these two characters because they're already on a fairly similar footing in terms of where they stand. They both feel like uh, tweeners with a ruthless streak, and I would just like to see a game of one-upmanship and a race to the bottom in terms of who's going to outdo each other in terms of just sheer violence. I think that could be a really fascinating little feud to do with Finn Balor. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies can only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. 
let's go through some super chats before we crack on talking about the rest of the show. So there were a couple of missed super chats from the Raw review yesterday that we'll just quickly cover. Gorilla Press said, uh, I am coming for that championship, which is obviously in reference to Mr. Davis's shiny belt that he has now. Um, and Luke Nicole uh, was talking about when Drew came out, thinking it was Scott Steiner, which you can only tell by doing the maths. Stream related from this one, Bacon Rasher says, amazing match and post-match was okay with a two-sweet, a Triple H idea, maybe. Who is a better champion, Finn as the new NXT champion, or Mr. Davis as ours? Hashtag still Andy's JTJ. Oh, uh, Scotch Steiner. Oh, Scotch Steiner. No, Very good. They, they, oh, so I was checking. I had to double check that, that I'd missed, I hadn't misread that and you were reading it. You're just adding Scotch Steiner in. Yeah, yeah. That's just my little contribution. I'm not going to do the air horn. No, you, okay, good. I'm not going to do it. You better not. I won't. No, okay. Read the next super chat, Laurie. I will read the next super chat. Start recording says, do you think someone like Jay Lethal would fit in at NXT? Do you? Yeah. He's really yeah, great. He he's great. a bloody he's a bloody great wrestler. I mean, uh, Ring of Honor, <laughs> past Ring of Honor champions tend to do well in mm-hmm. NXT. Yeah, I like. I mean, I feel like Jay Lethal's got that sort of tenure to skip NXT for sure. Oh, I hope it, not. But I, 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 mean, I, 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 mean, I would I like, get it. I kind of, you kind of, I kind of sit, I sit in that bubble. You sit in the bubble of being like, I'd love to see people. Like, there's loads of people I'd love to add to NXT, but also. Some people probably deserve to bypass it just for just for sheer like tenure in in wrestling, and I think yeah, Jay Lethal's one of those people that could probably just skip NXT entirely. But it would be cool to see him mix it up with all the guys in NXT because I think he'd probably fit in better there. Okay. Um, so start recording. Also says, what would be a worse idea: NXT Underground or Cross Returns as Cuddly Cross? The Cross, <laughs> the Carrionosaurus. Um, I think, I think NXT Underground would be interesting. <laughs> it's be- be- definitely more interesting than Cuddly Cross. Um, I, just... I think they'd make a good, I make, I think they'd make a good fist of NXT Underground. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, they've they just had, have Thatcher they've, do it. They've had a, exactly, they've had a fight pit with Thatcher and Riddle who are both legit MMA like fighters. They had Shayna Baszler as a champion for ages. They've got Mercedes Martinez now. Like, I think they actually do something quite good with that they wouldn't just be like oh yeah here's uh jessamine duke and marina shafir who we've never told you who they are but here they are in raw underground kicking people in the head ah oh, raw underground's terrible it's, so, it it's, such, it's such a half-baked idea i uh, yeah <laughs> nxt if if nxt did raw underground if nxt did nxt underground like raw underground then please i don't want it but if they were just like here's the premise it's like a it's the fight pit for nxt fight and they were allowed to book it themselves and do it their way i'm sure it would actually come out all right but yeah, yeah. we're underground this sort of it's the it's the fast and furious it's, it's a movie fight pit is what it feels like in a sort of like um i don't know like a steve carell comedy film is what it feels like you know if if steve carell you can imagine steve carell turns up to this fight pit and it's like whoa <laughs> it's, it's Just- mad and he accidentally gets pushed in the ring and he has to have a fight with the biggest guy that's it's- what we're underground feels like it's steve <laughs> Steve Carell did Roadhouse. Yeah, exactly. But Steve Carell is obviously <laughs> Billy Kay in this uh, scenario. So I hate Raw Underground so, so much. Let's move on with the rest of the show because uh, the rest of the show had some pretty damn good stuff happen on it. We had uh, Rhea Ripley after so after the main event. We saw Bala backstage. Then Rhea Ripley cut a quick promo on Mercedes Martinez, as she keeps calling her. Uh, 
just saying that she was going to be her. She thought she was done with the Robert Stone brand. I thought I was done with you when I powerbombed you uh, over the barricade, but clearly not going to prove that to you tonight. Um, we then saw Stone backstage uh, finding Shotzi Blackheart's tank. Shotzi that was then in the vicinity of her tank, as you might imagine. She hits him. Aaliyah then attacks her from behind, and Shotzi accidentally sort of chucks them through, chucks Aaliyah through the curtain. And behind the curtain is Io Shirai. This leads to a brawl into the ring in which Shotzi and Io work together. (laughs) And then Io hits her Asai Moonsault onto, uh, I think, Stone. And then Shotzi hits a senton onto Aaliyah. And then there's this moment where they're sort of like looking at each other like, yeah, we just beat up two people for looking at a tank. Brilliant. And Shotzi picks up the NXT women's title. And Io goes to grab it and she's like, mm, hold it herself for a second. Ha 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 ha. Um, which is setting up a match for next week in which uh, Shots is going to face off against Io. It's not a championship match. I think it's a sort of proving match. So if Shotzi does well here, this might set up a championship match for her at the next takeover, which I think is actually surprisingly soon. Um, I did not like this section. I think no. I don't think it added much to what is the main event of the show. The main event of the show is uh, Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez facing off in a steel cage. Mercedes is in cahoots with the Robert Stone brand. She's a member of the Robert Stone brand. And then earlier in the show, you have them utterly humiliated by your current women's champion and Shotzi Blackheart in order to set up Shotzi versus EO. There's too many, it's like, what at what cost to have Shotzi versus EO? Like you could have just done that. Just there's, there must be another way to get those two to face off and have a little moment together. It's a little bit. Um, I'll like I found a drawing by Dexter Loomis. <laughs> I'm in the drawing by Dexter Loomis, and I don't like that drawing. So Robert Stone, you go and tell Regal that we're going to have a match. It's just like it's a wrestling company; they mm-hmm. can have a match. It's fine. Uh, I look. I like the moonsault senton thing. I I think it does Shotzi good to mm-hmm. be like featured like doing equally athletic stuff with the champ. Like, I think that's a good thing. It's just, yeah, the whole uh, Robert Stone trying to beat up her tank thing. Uh, yeah, you didn't necessarily need to see um, the Robert Stone brand looking like dumbasses before the battle of the badasses in the main yeah. event. And, we, and we'll, 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 come, we'll talk about this a bit later as well, because there was some news coming out of the main event um, that didn't happen on NXT. So like, about the Robert Stone brand and Mercedes Martinez. So like we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that a bit later on. But yeah, I think if you're going to do an angle, something that pays off into an angle that's then not even going to play out on TV, it probably wasn't worth doing this just to set up a match between Io Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart, in which case you could have just done, they bump into each other backstage, have a bit of a moment, and then there's a championship. There's a match next week, which is what wrestling does all the time. We then got the the... Um, I guess sort of the narrative thread of this episode was the tea time at the Gargano's house uh, between Candice LeRae, I don't Tegan know about this, and Johnny Gargano. This was it was it was weird and like um, it, yeah, it kind of it went in a few directions where like Johnny was being a creep. Then it was sort of like Candice was gaslighting Tegan. And then it turned into your inevitable WWE food fight uh, because you can't have food in WWE without it going on somebody. And so, yeah, we got, we'll, we'll go through the bits as we come, but this was the bit where they were talking about um, 
having invited Tegan Oda and they were going to have dinner, but they, there was no dinner on the table. There was no place settings or anything. Johnny then answered the door in sort of primo douchebag mode, which I quite enjoyed. Um, and he said, then he invited her in and said, let's talk. And then it cut. And we ended up at film study at Thatcher's Thatchcan. Um, and they were watching old clips of Damien Priest. And Thatcher was pointing out all the ways in which Damien Priest leaves himself open to attack. Um, and he says, like, you know, Priest believes that life is just one big party. But I think that life grinds you down until you quit. Mood. Just like being in a match with me. Mood. Like, yeah, yeah he, tell it like it is. He's had a bad yeah. 2020 thatcher bloody hell yeah, yeah. we've all had a bad yeah. 2020 but timothy thatcher yeah i, I just like you know i, I, I think it's, reach out buddy i think it's hilarious that he's teaching media studies i think that's really <laughs> funny um <laughs> yeah i like i like this i really hope it pays off in the match i trust nxt that it will uh just the idea that like basically all of the stuff that he brings up in this segment they're going to work into the match like mm -hmm. every time like he's going to work Damien Priest's uh you know kind of every, you know, every time he leaves his feet Thatcher's going to have an answer for it if you know he's going to try and pose and Thatcher will use that opportunity like if that's the case seeing the working before the match is lovely and a really really good angle for for Thatcher's character uh yeah I thought this was I thought this was fun the 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 better side of goofball because this is this is silly he's yeah. i don't know who is he showing the film to uh, <laughs> why like i it's like a sort of weird briefing in an action film before they drop a team into kind of foreign soil uh i i like it a lot though and um i yeah i trust satch has had so many good matches so many kind of mercurial matches that i trust for this to to pay off uh next week a match i'm really looking forward to yeah, and I think that kind of that notion of, you know, one, it plays into kind of how real life fighting is in that people watch tapes of each other and discuss what they're going to do. And like, it's quite nice to see that kind of that angle playing out with Thatcher of being like a student of the game almost. But then I think, like you say, if, if he's got if he's got uh, Damien Priest completely scouted, it would be really cool to see Priest have to pull out offense that he doesn't use very often him having to uh dig deeper into his bag of tricks in order to put thatcher away because you know i'm assuming the title is going to change hands next week only a few weeks after he won the belt but like it will be interesting to see where damien priest has to take his match in order to topple thatcher who has hopefully an answer for everything that priest can chuck at him Thatcher's very smart i would argue that if he was really smart he probably wouldn't invite a camera crew into his research uh, kind of sessions and then yeah. broadcast his findings to a yeah. national. So when he does that, much. I'm going to do this. And when he does that, I'm going to do this. Oh, but Damien what if, Priest what if... at home just being like, all right, <laughs> yeah. all right, cool. Okay. Get, get these reporters out of here. I don't want Thatcher to know. So, uh, yeah. So then after that, we got a match between the Velveteen Dream and uh, Ashante the Adonis, which is a heck of a name. Um, and... This was pretty pretty short little affair. Adonis managed to actually get some offense in, uh, and there was a moment where basically Dream dodged a super kick from uh, Ashanti, and the ref almost got hit and had to kind of shy away for a second because he was like so close to being nailed by this super kick, and that gave Dream the opportunity to poke him in the eye, hit the Dream Valley driver, and win the match. Um, Dream then had a microphone and was about to cut a promo. And I really like this bit because Kushida came out and just wrecked house. Uh, Kushida obviously had been uh, sort of the victim of 
dreams violent outbursts in the north american it was the north american title uh triple threat series that went on and uh kushida just grabbed his arm and just kept yanking him through the ropes into the pole uh, over and over again and they really put over this idea that like this is not what kushida is normally like kushida is normally such a sort of honorable fighter and a really uh sportsman-like competitor and here he is just obviously lost it um and he just puts on this cross arm breaker through the ropes as well and dream is tapping out and like all the referees and all the security guys are trying to drag him off and kushida just won't let go until he's like no i'm perfectly happy with the amount of damage i've caused now i thought kushida looked awesome in this Mm. bit um obviously i wasn't like i wasn't mad keen on seeing a velveteen dream bit again um but I, I don't know. It felt like a kind of interesting comeuppance here for for Dream as a character. Like I think it's still a bit awkward having him on screen, having him on TV at this exact moment in time. But then it, you know, it felt like uh, this was more about making Kashida look awesome, and I'm all for that. Kashida's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's, it feels like a while since we've seen capital letters Kashida uh, on NXT, um, and yeah, he looked really, really good. Uh, yeah, I, I echo your sentiments. I thought Adonis looked great. I mm. liked his little, I liked his little kind of trash talk. Like I could be cute too. Uh, I want to, I, and he's got a great look. I want to see more matches with him. Give him the Velveteen dream gimmick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so, no, 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 I'm, I'm being silly, but it's just like, yeah, I, I, I echo your, your sentiments. I kind of looking forward to the match. I, I am looking forward to seeing a Kashida wreck shop match uh i don't know exactly how it will play out uh give it a chance i suppose but like yeah. uh yeah i'm not you know seeing seeing kashida hopefully be dominant in a match will be good the flip side of that coin i think we've discussed to death mm-hmm. uh so there we go yeah i think like i think kashida brings something interesting to the table in that sense like seeing a sort of um ruthless fired up side of Kushida that really feels feel like he yeah he, he was just sort of quite a smiley gimmicky character before and obviously like Kushida has an incredibly deep amazing moveset of a combination of high flying brilliant submissions and technical wrestling like I think he's like a total package and it would be really interesting to see him deploy that in order to like break somebody down rather than just be like I'm just gonna try this okay and work try this do the flippy uh, hoverboard lock off the top, which was the finish to his last maybe five matches. I don't know. Like it, he did feel a bit, um, some wrestlers in NXT do fall into that trap of being like, you do four things. So do those four things. And that felt like where Kushida was at. So I think this subtle shift of his character into a different, a slightly different direction um, should open up him to, kind of more interesting match type and hopefully that means also they've got a plan for where he's going to go and what he's going to do now because he has been a bit aimless um for the last few months obviously Elsa was missing for the last few months as well but um it would be really interesting to see like what's in the works for Kushida because I do think he would make a great he'd definitely make a great challenger for the North American title oh uh, oh yeah. Kushida versus Priest would be really really good also um <laughs> I really want to see Kashida Thatcher is what I would love to see. I'm a real like hate me away. 
two i think like two people working a similar um with a similar like kind of skill set but working it from different angles like kashida being a more sort of flashy submission specialist and thatcher being a no this just looks like it hurts like this is going to be slow and this is going to be methodical and it just looks like it's really painful they would have a really good matchup i think yeah absolutely i mean i yeah there's a lot of, that's the thing is like there's so many people i want to see kashida fight uh i'd like to see him fight legado el fantasma again like that was a really good match um yeah there's he's he's such a great hand it does feel weird we haven't seen him as much as we have like but like, yeah i i it's it's nice to see him just like take the initiative and do do something yeah. rather than show up for his appointed match when he's scheduled it feels like he's been very polite on nxt so far yeah and i'm hoping yeah and i'm hoping this like you know positioning him against velveteen dream says to me like north american title picture and not cruiserweight division which i think it was kind of the risk that you run with kashida in wwe where they'll just go he's small and does flips you're a cruiserweight and it's like I mean, he he's definitely i mean he could definitely be a very good cruiserweight champion but it is a bit of a dead end overall in nxt it's not done wonders for every single cruiserweight champion has it so like that's true i mean kushida obviously has the legacy of being one of the greatest light heavyweight champions of all time in japan uh and it and you could sort of i think use that legacy to build a cruiserweight division around maybe yeah but then you've got but then you've got to invest in more than one person in the cruiserweight division at a time and they can only really generally speaking nxt has enough room to do the one cruiserweight feud that there is which is currently Escobar and Swerve, and that might just continue on for another few months now until something happens. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I just feel like Kushida would get you'd get more benefit out of Kushida of having him in the North American title picture, just because he just is a different. Like, that should be the the, the sort of division in in NXT that is just this mismatch of like all these different styles and all these different people. You've got people like Priest who are giants that can fly you've got bronson reed who is colossal you've got uh yeah thatcher who will just pin you to the mat and make you submit and then you add someone like kushida in there i think you've got that's a real that would be a really interesting division then agreed we then saw brizango who was smelling their titles saying it smelled of victory and then uh smell victory too then fandango dropped his on the floor uh we are back to comedy brizango and you know, we were saying the other week, we we're like, oh, I hope when they win the titles, that sort of seriouses them up. That, that you know, that gives them that sort of little bit of, uh, you know, it, it makes them feel like kind of legit competitors and not just like belt warmers. And, and I feel like we've gone back to kind of goofy Brizango and then we've put them immediately back into a match of Imperium. So we're just going to replay that as well. Like, I'm not, it's not that I'm not excited to see Imperium Brizango in a match again. I am excited to see that. I think they do really well together. Um, but it just smacks of not really having any plan for Brizango <laughs> beyond having them wear some silly outfits and dance around with the belts. And, and also it just feels like a kind of, you know, I think people do earn a shot at the titles in terms of just like how long they've been with the company, how what they did for the brand and stuff like that. You know, Brizango are, are more than qualified in terms of like just time and effort put into NXT specifically to be like, have your tag team title run now. But I'd like there to be a story and a plan coming out of it and, you know, something for them to do that didn't feel like we're now just going to go back into a bunch of matches with Imperium until the world goes back to normal. 
we need way more tag matches on NXT. Like, uh, I think that, I genuinely think, like, Cruiserweight maybe, but I think the tag division NXT is in a little bit of trouble mm. right now. Just, they're just not, they're not really focused. I, I hope they're building up uh, Dana Maverick. Uh, I think that, I, I genuinely think that's, that storyline's got legs. And I, you know, we're talking about um, Breezango. I, I, I like their comedy. Like, they, I, I like I like superstars being funny when they're actually funny. And mm-hmm. Breezango are actually funny. And I get the feeling that serious Breezango should be their sort of demon baller. They should bring out serious Breezango occasionally. But for the most part, they should be funny. Because, yeah, it gives a, a little bit of extra flavor to the show. NXT is funnier than it has been <laughs> this year it, like we are sort of seeing the rise of funny nxt what with the robert stone brand and uh you know vomit and this that and the other so mm. they, they blend more into the background than they would in normal nxt where i think they'd be a really big hit but yeah it is what it is uh in terms of like the rematch with imperium yeah like yeah, but who else is there? Who else is there? Undisputed the Era again, you know, like Rosaweights run went away. Like, yeah, the, the the tag division has struggled, um, almost to the point where it's just like maybe just have one tag division in the entirety of WWE because then you've got the one of the most stacked tag divisions ever. Mm. But as opposed to three pretty bad ones uh yeah, they're very they're all very lean now there's you know mm. three tag teams per i get like three proper tag teams per division and they just focus on two of the teams in any of them anyway so it doesn't make any difference yeah what happened to lorkin and birch i thought they mm. were having a thing um i don't know like legado and fantasma you've got lorkin and birch you've got um these guys and i think i genuinely think dane and dane and maverick would be a really good team uh i think that's where they're going with it i hope mm-hmm. it is because uh that kind of yeah be friends with me no i'm not gonna be friends with you be friends with me well maybe i'll be friends with you be friends with me okay we're best friends that stuff works really well in wrestling people get behind that stuff so uh yeah i'm up for them i'm up for legado del fantasma and then dane and maverick being the next champs Ooh. i'm i'm up for that until we can then you know then return to uh some heavy you know some super workers in the in the the tag division uh so we can get back to kind of the the days of aop versus um the undisputed era or undisputed era versus the bros awaits or uh alistair black and ricochet versus war raiders do do, do you and do you remember tag what tag i remember i remember tag wrestling title matches on takeover man i remember them um, which is not to say that Brazango didn't have the best match of last week, which I think they might have done, yeah, to be did. honest. Uh, you know, it's not it's not dire. It's not as dire as Raw's tag division, but it's, you know, it's, it needs, it needs, it needs, it needs work. some work. It needs some love. Is what, I think it needs some love. And I think like, uh, yeah, it needs some direction. And at the moment, going straight back into a feud or just into a match with the guys you already had a match with two weeks ago just doesn't, quite feel uh like a direction it feels like a sort of placeholder but we'll see uh maybe this is the kind of definitive you know this is the full stop at the end of that sort of like we've now drawn a line under imperium by winning this match again um we then hop back to candice LeRae and tegan Knox. um 
Johnny had been sent off to bed to put the dog to bed, I think. It was the dog's bedtime. Um, and uh, Candice says, like, I'll start uh, as soon as you fess up to those mistakes you made. Uh, she says, I think the big issue is you don't understand the Gargano way. Um, and then she she sort of, like, goes into this interesting, like, little wrinkle with it where Tegan's saying, like, you know, I don't really agree with what you've been doing. You've been jumping people, attacking people. She's like, yeah, but have I have I done anything for you? I've always had, like, I was always your big sister. I've always had your back. Has it been any different since the Gargano way? And it just felt like gaslighting. Because <laughs> Tegan was just like nodding along, like, hmm, maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe she hasn't been horrible. Maybe, maybe everything could be repaired. Uh, but we found out later what, what was really going to go on. We then got Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory. Um, <laughs> I liked this. This was like primo douchebag Austin Theory, like every single I'm the I'm the young, like one of the youngest. Uh, ever signees to WWE. I've already been on WrestleMania and you've barely been in the sort of North American title picture this year. This was just like full on. I'm going to make you want to punch me, uh, Austin Theory. I really enjoyed it. Like offering the handshake at the beginning after having obviously jumped Reed, uh, putting his hands behind his back at one point, being like, go on, hit me. Obviously, silly thing to do because Bronson Reed just mowed him down from that point forward. Uh, yeah, really destroyed him. This is good stuff. I demand a tag team of Austin Theory and Cameron Grimes right now. They would be so, ah, oh, just the douchebaggery of that. Like they would be like proper, like early undisputed era, just like little, little horrible bastards. I, yeah, I think they would work really. I, I, I thought Austin Theory did did well here uh, i think that after the match they were like oh let's not count out austin theory though he really put up a fight mm -hmm. did he now because bronson reed battered him um i thought it was a lot of fun uh this this side of bronson reed is great their presentation of him is getting better every week um I think, yeah, he he could be a proper big deal, uh, like mm. maybe in a year's time. He could be a three hundred and thirty pound deal. Did you know he weighs three hundred and thirty pounds, Adam? He's he colossal. They say three hundred and thirty pounds. They said that so many times during this match. <laughs> they like, and I think you know, like they're trying to put over the idea that Austin don't count Austin Theory out. I did like the idea that um, you know Theory put up with all this offense there was a point like there was a point in this match where theory's face permanently changed color to like this sort of like uh winded blue that just continued <laughs> for the rest of the match but he took a he took a, a legitimate beating in this uh, and i think it was you know that like obviously wrestling is uh scripted to a degree and it is a performance but obviously it really hurts and People are hitting each other to some degree. And you felt that in this match just by looking at Theory's face. There was that point where he does the, he goes for the sunset flip and uh, tries to sort of pull Reed down with him. And Reed does the sort of big wobble and then just goes, eh, I'll sit down on you. But just <laughs> a full, like it wasn't even the sort of, um, like uh, Rikishi style drop where he, he bends his knees as he collides. It, Reed just was like, no legs. Just well, that's the thing is like Rikishi would do that from the corner, but Rikishi occasionally he just went legs straight out right on top of you. Uh, and I did, yeah, I got it in my notes the quiche, because uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was brilliant. Uh, I, I did the new entrance, 
Austin Theory also has a nice entrance. It's worth pointing out, but um, Bronson Reed uh, is probably the best in NXT now that Karrion Cross is on the shelf. Um, I I want I don't know really what I want from Bronson Reed next because I don't necessarily want him to go straight for the North American title. I want him to have a really good personal feud so we could find out a little bit more about him because i he's had some video packages where he talks about like you know he he loves his partner so much because his partner gave him the money to go to wrestling school and i just think um a proper in-depth feud with someone really nasty would be fun i don't know if austin theory is quite that person maybe cameron grimes Mm -hmm. that's how we get grimes theory oh no i don't want more of grimes's pranks though (laughs) <laughs> yeah, down your tires. Ah, put sugar in your gas tank. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm more more Cameron Grimes on my telly. Where where is Cameron he? Grimes. I do love Cameron Grimes. I haven't um, seen him since Takeover. This is not. Was, this is going to do. I do think this was. I think you're right with the sort of Austin Theory's entrance. Like it, it's good to see what his character is. I don't think. I don't think his time on Raw particularly. You know, especially being the third man in a trio, like really gave him um, the sort of room to grow who he was. Mm. And he's so new to WWE as a concept anyway. Like he'd done those, that first little run of matches in NXT, but we, you know, first couple of matches were legitimately like four moves long and didn't even really get into the sort of, why is he called Austin Theory? And he kind of, you know, that was all because it was meant to be space-based, I think. so yeah, it would be it would be good to see more of him in sort of NXT and really give him a chance to grow as a character on screen because yeah, I do think he's good. Um but obviously here it was more about making Bronson Reed look absolutely monstrous and they did that very well. Bronson Reed I think is one of my most remarkable turnarounds this year because I like he just felt like a nothing like he felt like a Keith Lee light for so long as well mm. because it's just like another big guy in a in a division already stacked full of big guys, um, and obviously like with Keith moving up, um, there is that sort of space for Bronson Reed now to sort of become more of a focus and more of a draw, um, and yeah, I really do think they like these couple of changes to his entrances, to his music, to his gear, um, to just the branding of him as well as like colossal rather than thick boy. This has all done wonders for him. I think Bronson Reed is now one of the more exciting prospects in NXT's current men's division. He feels like a proper project. He feel if he feels like he's being groomed for something, and uh, it's it's been a gradual enough and organic enough rise um, that I think he's going to really get people behind him. Yeah, who, I mean, who would have thought that he would have ended like the go home show before Takeover, holding up the North American title? I know he didn't win it, but like. Four months ago, I don't think I would have even have picked that as like a possibility. If you just said, "Here's here's here's everything that could have happened," I, I never would have gone like, "That's a thing that we'll see." Um, okay, we then got uh, Adam Adam Cole saying uh, just a little quick backstage interview with Cole, and he says like, "Yep, Finn Balor was the better man tonight, showing respect again." But says if he gets another shot, there's going to be a different outcome, and that is undisputed. Um, full face, he's full face now. It's great. Yeah, He's going to be a. Re- I, th- I, I think a, yeah, a face run for Adam Cole on NXT will be a lot of fun, especially uh, with the complications that will arise uh, in the UAE because certain members of the Undisputed Era would definitely not face. Oh yeah, so it might be Kyle and Cole, and then uh, Strong and Fish together. Maybe that will be the sort Strong of Fish. Strong Fish. Strong Fish. Strong Fish. Kyle Cole. Uh, <laughs> 
Cole O'Reilly, Cole O'Reilly Irish fish. name of all time. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's. I mean, that'd be. I think that could be a really interesting little feud, though. That rift in the undisputed era, and you could do a big takeover match just of those four guys in a tag team match. That would be. I would want to see that at that sort of level. That'd be really, really cool. Uh, we then got Mercedes Martinez saying um, that lions go after the biggest animals when they want to be king of the jungle to take their spot. Uh, and that's why she's gone after Rhea. She's not going to stop until there is nothing left of Rhea Ripley. I like this promo. I thought it was cool. I think Mercedes Martinez is a total package. Uh, Roderick Strong was uh, then facing off against Killian Dane with the help of Bobby Fish. Strong Fish. Um, strong Fish. This was kind of classic, your, your classic Undisputed Era uh, matchup in which Strong was running away from Killian Dane for the majority of the match after winding him up. Uh, winds him up at the beginning, chops him, runs away, lets Fish get involved. Fish's influence uh, was all over this. The stench of Fish was all over this match in which, uh, you know, there was a moment where <laughs> Dane hits his huge urinagi on, uh, when he's standing on the apron and Fish kicks his legs out from under him as the referee turns away. Um, Fish also like uh, distracted on the apron, uh, which allowed Roderick Strong to get this jumping knee strike under the chin of Killian Dane. And that got, caused the quick sort of knockout one, two, three, which I liked as the finish of this. I liked the kind of like, it didn't just lead to Roderick Strong hitting his like tried and true finisher. It was just this really quick knockout knee blow. That was something quite fresh. Obviously, I think partly comes from being like, how realistically do you want to lift up Killian Dane today? For I'll the, do for the, purpose, Killian Dane. for the purposes of this match, do you want to lift up Killian Dane today or do you just want to knee him in the head? But I, I did like it. I, I I thought it kind of, that kind of flash knockout moment um, feels quite legit. Um, and yeah, this, this was just mostly about setting up the post-match angle in which Strong and Fish begin to Strong beat fish. down. Strong Fish beat down Dane post-match. Drake Maverick runs into a beating, as ever, uh, with a baseball bat to help out. Drake, for the love <laughs> of God. <laughs> Read the room, mate. <laughs> but he, he brought a bat this time. So, I mean, he is he is slowly making progress here. He brought a weapon in order to help him out, and he ran off. Uh, he started to run off fish and strong, but they then started beating down Maverick. So it was Dane who chased them off with the bat. Um it's like a bit of curtain rail. It wasn't even a bat. I don't know where yeah. he got it from. Like, did he just kick? Did he just kick apart like one of those clothes um, frames and then just run to the ring with it because he can't stop himself from wandering into a brutal and sustained beating? Mm. He, um, he never picks the moment before the beatdown happens when the other person that he's going to help is stood up already to help him. He never thinks like I'm going to help them, but maybe I also need some help. Uh, but like you said, this this seems like it's building up to that sort of slow friendship between Dane and Maverick because after the match, um, Dane is sort of looming in the ring as he's chased off Strongfish. He turns, Strongfish. And Ma Maverick is sort of cowering in the corner and does a, he does like a real meek like and rolls into a little fetal position for a second and Dane drops the bat and then turns and walks out of the ring and he's about to climb out and Maverick rushes across the ring at this point. I was like, Drake, no, you... Don't. And he's like, handshake. And Dane nails him again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, I like it. it. Incremental progress every week. That'll do me. That's a nice little use of both these guys. They should call mm -hmm. themselves the authors of Dane because let us never forget that Drake Maverick once managed the authors of pain. Stupid that. Um, but yeah, no, I went himself on a weekly basis or whatever sure it was they had him do. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> Do you remember that week where he pissed on Bobby Roode's 
yeah. clothes. What a stupid company. Wrestling's dumb. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm up up for this. This will be this will be fun. Um, they will bring out. They will make each other better by being mm. associated with each other. I think that like the odd couple pairing will work really well for them. Obviously, like Dane is the right side of um, kind of grumpy and over it to work against Maverick's brilliant sort of uh, meek, cute um, comedy that he'd he'll be able to provide in this feud. I think I think the pairing is actually, actually what what dynamic. You're the kind of the grumpy old. I don't like anything. I'm really hairy, and I'm just like a skippity d. I'm really, know, really hairy. Yeah, well, just like I assume, yeah. I assume because you're, you're a ginger, so I I'm going to be like, way hairier than you by the end of today, mate. So let's not talk about who's got the most hair because it was it's definitely going to be me at the end of the day, isn't it, Baldy? All right, mate. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> well, <laughs> you shouldn't have lost. Shouldn't have made. <laughs> I did. I did try. Ollie, stop writing, Ollie, stop writing checks. Your hair can't cash. Ollie absolutely bollocked me in the uh, drawing round, and I should have had that WrestleMania X seven twelve points. God damn it! Never mind. I'm not. I'm not bitter. Not bitter. Just bored. Not bitter. I'm. Remember, I'm the. I'm the Drake Maverick in this friendship. Oh, okay. It is. Like, oh, I'm, bitter. It? I'm bitter on your behalf. You are. We're like the Martin Prince and Nelson Muntz. That's that's what that friendship reminds me of, and I think it's going to be great. I think it, I think they're going to be a really interesting, uh, hopefully, tag team. Um, and then, yeah, maybe you could do that for a little bit, and then you spin them out into their own feud uh, between the two of them, which oh, no. Maverick's <laughs> going to get destroyed. Oh in. no! Sadly, uh, but this is all. You know, this all feels like stuff for Maverick to do before we send him after the Cruiserweight Champion eventually, which I hope they do. Um, we then got uh, returned to House Gargano to see what was going on. Candice was setting up a cheers. She said, cheers to me, the next NXT Women's Champion, because it seemed like Tegan Knox was really on board with the Gargano way and everything up until this point. Um, and then Tegan says, hey, hey, hang on. Why are you going to be the next NXT Champion? And she says, well, you know, because we're doing this whole Gargano way thing that is... Nebulous, and we never really Tegan. Nebulous, ruining another mind. friendship. <laughs> why said, you had your chance, yeah. Tegan, why can't you leave it well enough alone? Um, she says that, uh, yeah, like uh, Tegan then points out that Candice didn't beat EO either. Uh, ha ha ha. Candice says she needs a little moment to have a think and goes, just need a moment, and then chucks a salad over Tegan. <gasps> Tegan then chucks her water over Candice. This causes Johnny Gargano, fresh from putting the dog to bed, to run downstairs and be like, hey, hey, what's going on? It's kicking off in my house. And Tegan then pours spaghetti on Johnny and smashes the TV and runs out. And Johnny then looks at the TV and goes, no, the TV. And that's the end of the segment. That's that's everything we got with uh, the Candice the Ray Tegan Knox thing. Not my favourite bit of NXT this week. No, no, nor mine. Um, I didn't mind the first two segments. Uh, like you say, Johnny Gargano as this kind of horrible, uh, kind of creepy, kind of just like lurking heel. You know, bit bit kind of Xander from Buffy dialed up to unbearable levels. Uh, he, if. Johnny Gargano was on the main roster and someone poured spaghetti on him. The internet would burn itself to the ground. <laughs> How 
dare you? You know, and I, I, I think it's, yeah, this whole food fight thing, that's real main roster. And it's just like, I was just waiting for uh, it to turn, like Johnny to just creep up behind and just like smash a vase over her head and then to beat her down and then like just properly do something vicious, turn the heat of the feud up. Because right now, the, mm-hmm. the worst thing that's happened in the feud is that Candace has accidentally wrecked her own telly. Yeah, and it's like something sinister needed to happen here. Like this is this, you've been playing up the idea that the Garganos are like different people than they were before. They aren't just like, um, you know, they they were doing that sort of Stepford Wives style, uh, make cute sort of um, homemaking aspect of it, where they're having dinner and all that stuff, and then they did all the sort of like dark turns to camera where the real thoughts came out. And that was a bit goofy, but I quite like the sort of playing up, being being the heels, but the heels who play up being kind of um, perfect and uh, nice. That's a really interesting kind of wrestling angle to play with. Like, you know, I think Candice and Johnny should think that they are, you know, they, they are the NXT power couple. That's how they've branded themselves. And here, like, there could have been a more sinister dinner that occurred where they're just being lovely to Tegan. And yeah. that's kind of more unsettling um, because then you then you kind of left with that feeling of like, does Tegan buy into this, or does um, or you know, is she as sort of uh, unsettled as we are as the viewers watching this kind of unfold? Here, it, it, you know, the big payoff is Johnny's got spaghetti on him, and you're fine. Like it's just a bit juvenile, and this feud needs something more to make me interested in it than Johnny's got spaghetti on him. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had the most vicious, personal, um, like emotionally resonant, like gen- genuinely like sort of like hot, you know, horrifying feud to watch, not because of, you know, blood and guts, but because of people going to really psychologically dark and intense places. And, you know, I understand that maybe not, you know, people want a, a little bit of a break from that, but I think Gargano is so... <sighs> And I think what you could get out, like, like Candice is at her best when she's getting Casey Catanzaro and stamping her head into the mat. Mm. Like, I love the idea that the Garganos, like you say, a Stepford couple, all, you know, Pleasantville and lovely until you cross them, in which case they go kind of true romance on you. Like, I, I think that is a really interesting angle. And I just, this, yeah, the spaghetti on the head, I think will not age well. I think that will go down as a pretty dumb uh, and a pretty bad time uh, for NXT generally of this era, which is a an iffy one, hmm. uh, it, which is not always NXT's fault. It's an iffy time to be a wrestling fan anyway. Get that. But uh, yeah, there's, there's tonal issues with NXT sometimes. Uh, and this is kind of one of them for me anyway. Yeah, and it's it just feels like you say, like, you know, you've got Johnny and Champa as the other the other flip side of the coin of like the sort of, if you're splitting uh, the Garganos into how they've been served by the feuds they've had, this is what Johnny got to do with his best friend. And then we're getting the flip side of that, where this is, this is who's been presented as Candice's best friend this week. Uh, and this is what we're doing with her and Candice in order to sort of set this feud alight. It just feels like a kind of missed opportunity really, because there were glimmers in these three sections of something really interesting, like Johnny sort of looming over the whole thing with this kind of like 
pervasive, horrible Gargano way that he's kind of ascribed to and he's dragged, it feels like he's dragged Candice into as well, specifically because, you know, she's the most recent to turn. She's the kind of acolyte of the Gargano way. And then Tegan's here to try and save her friend from, um, you know, essentially a, a husband who's manipulating her. Um, and yeah, like, and it just ends with a food fight in classic WWE fashion because they couldn't think of something more sinister or interesting to do with it really and so yeah we're gonna end up with johnny getting in tegan's face i don't know maybe she'll put maybe they'll put each other in the bin which is nxt's best joke uh the last I, six months so there we go i just wish it had ended with a, a proper little murder um johnny went away uh like johnny johnny could almost instigate it you know um but that they properly do her in and then just like Candice gets on the phone and say, can I get an ambulance here? My friend has had a, a terrible accident, you know, and just like something a little with a bit more teeth, mm. just a bit more teeth because uh, it's NXT, isn't it? Like uh, NXT is supposed to feel, you know, it's not supposed to feel real. It's just supposed to feel like it's got a little bit more bite to it than the main roster. Yeah. And there's definitely, there's definitely some, uh, depths unexplored here instead it's just going to be like you broke my tv damn you how will i play my many playstations <laughs> yeah exactly next thing you know should be stealing his like lifetime pass to disneyland or whatever it is the garganos have um right let's move on because we're going to talk about uh the main event now um we just before that though they did announce that uh priest was very quickly in interviewed saying he's going to beat thatcher that was then set up for next week, saying that they're going to have the North American title match. Imperium versus Breezanga was also announced at this point, and Shotzi versus EO, but in a non-title affair. We then got the Steel Cage match main event, which was touted as the Battle of the Badasses. Ooh. And it was as well. It yeah. bloody was. I love this. I think like, this, was, we this was so cool. Like, you've been very grumpy throughout this whole episode, but I will say that this was a really, really good main event. Piss off, mate. Uh, so, um, yeah, <sighs> grumpy again. Oh, um, gosh. This is, I thought this, like the entrance was really cool as well, because obviously, like, this, this you know, steel cage matches are, are used fairly uh, irregularly on NXT TV, and they feel like quite important when they are used. Mercedes comes down with a kendo stick in hand already, chucks it into the uh, cage, then just grabs a load of chairs from under the ring and starts shoving them in. And she gets a table out and she's about to put that in. And Ripley then runs down and uh, jumps her from behind. Classic babyface move. Um, Classic. Ripley chucks the chair. <laughs> Ripley chucks the old table in too. So then the match can start proper. Some of the stuff they did here was just brutal. Like very early on, um, Mercedes Martinez managed to get Rhea Ripley off the sort of top turnbuckle into a power slam and just slammed her down onto this steel chair. There was a moment where she hits like a German suplex, like uh, a spider style one where she's, she manages to hang on to the turnbuckles. Uh, and as she sort of sits up ready to turn around and jump off, Rhea Ripley just chucks a chair in her face, which causes yep. Mercedes' head to Bang. go back through the, the, the join in the cage. I was like, I, I, I really thought, I really thought they were going to do a thing with that, and they didn't. And it's like, I, fine, you really got me though. I really thought they were going to do a thing. Like, oh, it, look, it looked grim. I loved it. Yeah, this, this like, 
this had the fire that we were just demanding from the uh, the Candice section. This this was some teeth. Like the, the Rhea and Mercedes absolutely kicked the crap out of each other for this match. Like they they did so much stuff. There was like a so straight after her head goes back through the cage, Rhea hits a superplex back into the ring. Mercedes uh, misses a kick towards the end of the match, and uh, Rhea gets her into the prism. Uh, Martinez picks up the kendo stick and attacks her legs to get out of it. Um, she then sort of climbs up the walls. Uh, Robert Stone starts climbing the walls at this point. And Rhea gets up and starts hitting him, with the, trying to hit him with a kendo stick through the cage. But she's cut off by Martinez, who hits a neck breaker off the top rope. Like, there were a lot of really big bumps that both women took here um, to set up a finish in which Rhea managed to reverse uh, being set up for a superplex, seemingly, or a fisherman suplex, I think, off the top was what uh, Mercedes was setting up for. And she hits the riptide through a table and then pins Mercedes. I'm not like, I'm not massively keen on the outcome of this I, I feel like mercedes would have got more from the Bloody win hell no no i love the match i love the match <laughs> that's what you've been doing for five minutes i could watch you thinking as it <laughs> sorry no carry, carry on you were complaining yeah, no, I was complaining. I wasn't complaining. I was just saying I think I think Mercedes would have benefited more from the victory here. Um, but yeah, I like I wonder if they're just it seems like they might be hanging this around Robert Stone instead, um, as it was announced after the match that Mercedes Martinez has been kicked out of the Robert Stone brand and handed a, res, a restraining order by him as well, uh, in order to keep her away from them. So I don't necessarily know what the pudding the Robert putting Robert Stone in with uh mercedes was really about if this was as long as it was going to last um and yeah it kind of positioning it as this moment in which like they put it over on the commentary and said this is the moment of like rhea ripley finally overcoming the robert stone brand who have been in her business for weeks now and it's like that doesn't ring true particularly because it was rhea who kept putting him in the bin mm. and then mercedes kept getting involved but mercedes was the one who got power bombed onto the outside so to me, all, it feels like a feud. Point. It feels like yeah. a feud of escalation. Yeah. What did you make of the finish? Loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I, I, I thought it. I, I thought it was good. Like, I, I, I would have cared less about yeah Robert Stone's involvement if this isn't the first time we'd seen him on the show. Um, I feel like Robert Stone being there gave like you like I, I think Robert Stone being there gave rear a reason to lose but i think we're probably building to rear versus eo um which I'm dead dead keen on and i don't think that mercedes lost anything in the match like that's the thing is like she you know she took a super variant of a move through a table and that's what it needed mm. to finish her off she had some beautiful bits like you know a german suplex off the top and the neck breaker from the top of the cage um and like she was the one who like instigating all the weapons and stuff like she yeah, she properly looks great. Um, um, it, it wasn't necessarily like, yeah, it wasn't Robert Stone's fault that she lost either, mm. which was all out that they could have done. But yeah, like just, just a bat. It was a battle of the badasses. Mm. Uh, congratulations on your accurate branding NXT. Yeah, for for once, that felt like a a tagline that actually paid off here. Uh, Slightly better than you'll never see it coming as well. Um, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I did really like the match. I, I thought they they worked amazingly well. I just am interested to see what they do with Mercedes now and 
because <laughs> I mean, when you give someone a restraining order to keep them away from Robert Stone, that means she's going to be tangling with Robert Stone. That's like flagging it up really yeah. hard. That she's going to be involved with Robert Stone for a while. And yeah, I just wonder whether like her badassery can survive this loss with against Rhea. Because I, I do, I think you're right that she did look, she looked amazing in this match and it wouldn't do her too much damage. But if she then spends the next four months running Robert Stone over in a tiny 18 wheeler or whatever it is like you know I don't know what's going to happen next for uh, Mercedes because it seems like Rhea is obviously rocketing up the card now to sort of face off against EO as the next proper challenger most likely so yeah it'd be interesting to see what they they do with Mercedes and I hope it's something good because here I think she did an amazing job of you know, the last few, probably the last few times she's appeared, actually, she, they've done a really good job of saying, this is someone who is a legit, like, uh, badass. This is someone who you should really be afraid of, but also someone who now stands apart, I think, from Shayna Baszler, which was, yes. I think, Shayna Baszler is the shadow that's been looming over Mercedes Martinez, definitely just in terms of look as well. Like, you know, they, they have a very similar presentation in terms of, like, just the gear that they wear and stuff. And this really let us see that, Martinez is a completely different uh, wrestler than Shayna Baszler. She's got a much more um, kind of like a more wrestling skewed style with much bigger spots involved and, and that kind of use of weapons, whereas Baszler is much more about breaking you down piece by piece. Um, mm. I love Mercedes Martinez. I think she's great. I really can't wait to see what they do with her next. Um, and yeah, it, it felt like a bit of a conclusion with Ripley. They love a Rhea Ripley. They absolutely do. I'm so glad that it didn't end by someone escaping the cage. Isn't mm. it nice to see a cage match that feels like a cage match again? Um, yeah, uh, they uh, probably should address the rumours that Mercedes Martinez is going to Raw. Um, like, obviously, like, she's sort of been put around retribution ever since, you know, like, oh, there are some statuesque-looking women in retribution who who's on NXT that fits that bill. Um, I really hope that isn't the case. I really hope that Mercedes Martinez is not done in NXT, that this isn't just another premature uh, call-up because that would completely cut the legs out from under her. She doesn't need that retribution go-away heat right now. Um, like, there's there's silliness in there with the Robert Stone brand, for sure. But we re I just, let us stay. Let us stay and have some brilliant matches. Because there's well, so let, many let, yeah. exactly, and but let us stay and build up a sort of wealth of um, like momentum and kind of really cement who she is in WWE. Because you know, like for all the with Shayna Baszler, obviously, like the booking has not been perfect with Shayna Baszler. We can all agree that. However, there have been moments where even the main roster managed to understand what you do with Shayna Baszler. At payback, they understood. At, at payback, they absolutely understood. I think at Elimination Chamber, they absolutely understood what you do with a Shayna Baszler. They, you know, like, they understood at the Rumble to some degree, apart from obviously having Charlotte win. Like, there have been glimmers of, like, understanding what this kind of character is. But I think if you lump Mercedes Martinez in with Retribution... And you've got Baszler, who you're still trying to work out what you do with. She's really going to get lost in that in that kind of muddle and that mix. So I'm not I'm not keen on that. I think she's got massive potential in NXT. Um, you know, this match proved to me that if you're going to make Rhea Ripley win back her title, 
the person you want going after it and the person you want to defeat Rhea Ripley for that belt is going to be Mercedes Martinez in my book. Like, I want to see them have a takeover match for the NXT Women's Championship so badly after seeing that. And I want to see it with a like a, a street fight or a last woman standing stipulation for sure. Um, yeah, there, I think you would really cut the legs out from under her, like you said, if you just sent her up now, even though I think she's probably you know she's she's good enough that she should survive that hopefully imagine if robert stone loses another client <laughs> yeah <laughs> to an edit, to a call out that never even ends up happening oh god he's just got a leer again she's like mm. i'm still here boss i'll always be here <laughs> okay. you can't get rid of me uh who did he sell his soul to for that <laughs> well let's 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 whiz through some super chats uh for to close out the show. I need to double check, actually. We've got patron shouts to do as well. But Duff's 101 says, do you think we'll see Ridge Holland again in NXT or do you think he has heat from the Gargano injury? I think we'll see Ridge Holland again. Um, yeah, accidents uh, happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's Maybe. one of those, like, it's one of those things where it's not, I don't, I wouldn't even say that that botch particularly could, you can't just pin that all on Ridge Holland for doing as well like they're you know catching a man in midair and spinning him round is partly you know about how that person jumped in the first place and then you know some of it's left up to the gods in that bit as well where it's like you've got to spin a man around and put him on the floor so yeah you can't i don't think you can say like uh they're gonna get rid of rich holland for that like they clearly built him as a bit of an attraction leading into him being in those mat in that match. So I, I think it would be fine. The best um, thing about NXT is that people can go away for a little bit and not be featured. Um, it's you know it fights the massive overexposure problem that WWE has on the main roster. You know because of the whole three hours of Raw thing. Uh, and so yeah, like I I think it's we worry you know i think we're conditioned to worry uh with wwe if people are not around that they're being you know there's heat or they're being mistreated and stuff like that but in a in a in a proper trusted promotion you know like nxt should be yeah you know people just come and come come and go a little bit there are uh there are storylines that feature every week but otherwise there are attractions like shida does feel you know he he's got a bit of a kind of like a special attraction thing because you know when he turns up he ideally does important stuff and then maybe goes away and then comes back and it's another event and stuff yeah and i think like rich was he he wasn't presented in that match as anything more than a bit of an attraction and a bit of a like we're going to put him in this match so that hopefully when we bring him back and we're ready to do something with him you will remember that he was in these matches um and you remember sort of like what he could do. It really just felt like a like a fresh way of introducing a new face to NXT, which they've not really tried before in terms of like just putting someone in a sort of multi-man match and going like, let's see how this shakes out. Uh, Rob Phillips says, with Adam's love for Dane Maverick, could they be NXT's answer to Team Hell No? Uh, comedy slash serious duo could add to the recent funny era of NXT. Oh, you had to really drop the poison pill right at the end there, didn't yeah. you? Um, I, yes in short uh team hell no was brilliant and gave rise to daniel bryan uh the the you know the yes movement essentially was further propelled uh by team hell no until yeah the the amazing summer of 2013 so yes that sounds like a good a good thing yeah i was i was i was in my head picturing a team hell no or a rock and sock connection style uh teaming for these two 
um, just because, yeah, I think Maverick is going to skew comedy and Dame is going to skew serious. And that would be really fun. Uh, Start Recording also says, uh, in the draft coming up, has it been specified that people from Raw and SmackDown can be drafted to NXT? If so, who would you like to see go to NXT? All the guys who left? (laughs) Uh, You know those those Sami Zayn stable? Them. (laughs) Just one, two, three. Daniel Bryan as well. Um, Yeah, those guys, basically. The amazingly talented super workers um that for some reason aren't doing out mm. uh, like i mean i they're they're smackdown tag team champions and possibly they're going to unify the belt so i i should not complain but i would you know i would i just want to see nxt sammy again i miss him so so much yeah, I mean, he he was incredible in NXT. Uh, I'd love to see Bray Wyatt go down to NXT and uh, that just be a continuation of the theme story mm. and just be like, you know, I'm going to go back to where it all began for me and and pick a feud, cause some havoc and see what, you know, like, you know, send someone down that he's interested in as well. Like, you know, you could kind of reignite the Balor thing potentially uh, with the theme there. Um, that might be quite interesting. Obviously, I think that's unlikely to happen. They quite like the Fiend on the main roster. They actually do stuff with him. So I don't think it will happen, but I would quite like to see it. Uh, Rich McCann in WrestleTalk Related says, uh, love you too in PFK, but can't watch WrestleTalk anymore. The work storyline stuff is really a turnoff. Bums me out because I love Quizlemania, but now can't watch it. I know some like it, but not for me. I mean, each to their own, my friend. Each to their own. I mean, hopefully there's not too much, you know, of the inner workings of the office being displayed in a Quizzlemania to ruin it for you. There'll still be nipples. I can promise you that. Uh, I'm assuming there'll be nipples. I don't know. I mean, Adam could draw a nipple in the top of his head and it would look like a boob after tonight. So, you know, there, there's that potential. So stick around if you want to see that. Uh, Emery Chacon says, I hope Luke Owens comes back to save Adam from shaving his head. Unlikely. Uh, <laughs> SJC. Nothing, nothing can save me now. Nothing can save you now. The, the razor's already in the back room, whirring its way up, doing the hand crank. Mm-hmm. It was a more Victorian one. Uh, SJC Flawless says, we hate Mr. Davis. Boo, the Ollie Authority. Quite so. Mm. Corporate Lino comes in with the opposite opinion, saying, respect the Ollie Authority. <laughs> oh, it's all popping off in the chat. Oh, my God, it's happening. There's a war. There's a war brewing. Bacon Rasher says, totally ignored Super Chat. What? Hashtag Ollie Authority. Did I ignore one? Have I missed one? Or did I get to it? I think I've missed one. I don't know. Let us know uh, in the chat. I'll keep an eye on the yeah. chat. Uh, SJC Flawless also says, you screwed Luke. You screwed Luke. Boo. Who screwed? We didn't screw Luke. We didn't. And nothing we to liked, do with it. We like Luke. Come on now. Uh, I assume they're talking uh, via us to Ollie. Yeah. Let uh, Ollie, Ollie and, is probably watching. Chopper. No bastard. Yeah. I used to like I used to like Chopper. He was. He had such a. He had such a whimsical little energy to him. Now he's gone all serious. He's all suited and booted now. Thinks he's mm. thinks he's better than us. V Infuso says, "Money me, money now. Me a money needing a lot now." Thank you for your super chat. I don't Thank know you, what mate. I mean. Appreciate that. I like it. Uh, and then in the last minute, super chats. Gordon Maston says, uh, "Will Finn continue to be a tweener after winning?" I certainly hope so. I hope they don't just turn him back into regular old face Finn Balor because smiling Finn Balor was one of my least favorite things in NXT. Um, uh, Ryu Odonte says, "Laurie and Adam. Anyway, y'all can help Luke get his job back." 
don't know actually really like uh not really in charge of the contracts at wrestle talk um it's kind of all falls under mr davis's yeah, so he unfortunately right you know he is the hr department which is the the difficult thing that's the uh oh i i have the lost super chat i've read this uh, one i've seen it Oh, but you may have read it, but I don't think we answered it. Oh, that was it. Yes, I think because you were playing a horn or something at the point. (laughs) Go on, on. off you go. So I was, uh, in terms of like who the better champion is, uh, I would say Finn Balor as NXT champion is better than Mr. Davis as the Jam That Jam champion. Uh, Finn, like, let's, let's break it down kind of mathematically, right? So Finn won the championship kind of like fair and square overcoming the odds whereas um mr davies uh paid uh the a kind of kind of fetch trust troll that you'd find in in world of warcraft to basically gift him the win instead so like if if you had to ask me which champion i prefer like legit answer would be uh, probably finn balor as uh, nxt champion just because it feels um it feels a smidge more deserved and i and i say that coming you completely unbiased uh mr davis is uh you know he is he, he's he's my boss but uh, i think finn balor edges him out slightly as a as a better champion in the wrestling industry Kara Stealth says, I think the best way to legitimize retribution is revealing their identities and having them win matches built to Survivor Series as NXT's representatives. I, To be fair, I think that's probably what they're going to do is reveal them as an NXT incursion leading up to Survivor Series and be like, oh, they chainsawed all the rings. We can't even do Survivor Series anymore. But yes, like having retrib- like doing something with retribution that re- like feels like progression with them would probably be the best way to build them as characters because currently they're just obviously a bunch of hoodlums uh, causing havoc. And uh, I don't even think even as successfully as the Riot Squad, who obviously ruined all of the condiments backstage in WWE during their tenure. Ivan Drago says, so if Luke is gone and Adam's turning into smooth Adam, then who's hosting Quizlemania tonight? Very excited for it either way. Hashtag JTJ. Who's hosting Quizlemania, you um, smooth bastard? Mr. Wednesday Night, A-C-B. I'm doing both. I am shaving my head and I'm hosting. I don't know how. Many or... strings to his bow, but not many hairs to his head. That's what we say about Adam Blumpier. We'll see. <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's have some fun. Tune in to find out. <laughs> Remember Quizlemania 2000? Remember how that was a hot mess? This one might be worse. Let's find out together, shall we? Do you know what's going to be a mess? Your floor. It is. Thankfully, oh. it's um, it's not carpet. Otherwise, I'd be screwed. <laughs> um, but no, we'll be we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Okay. And the final super chat before we get out of here. Mind for Life One Hundred Two says, "Hear me out." In brackets, fantasy booking. Roman and the Usos form a Samoan death triangle, and/or Roman takes over the Hurt business. Unlikely, yes. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty unlikely. I, I mean, I quite like a sort of Roman and the Usos team. Uh, I don't know if it takes away. I don't know if it takes away from Heyman and and Roman, which I, I think is a much sort of. Like, I think that ha- hasn't really had time to grow yet. So, like, if you're going to put the Usos in with him, do it much later down the line, like, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'd quite like to see a sort of 
the bloodline thing would be quite a cool little uh group and and sim- something different for roman as well because like yeah he's obviously been the leader of plenty of of one gang specifically uh but it would be nice to see him sort of do something different and and sort of play into that idea of it almost being like heritage and and a sort of deserved bit of lineage for him to be like a champion in WWE and stuff that would be really interesting for me i i like it the idea of a heel bloodline is fun for me the juicier thing is him killing a member of his own family like i really hope he goes to town on jay uso and it like that is the thing because i think that's really like the the, the bloodline its existence you, you can pay off that stuff like we feel that there is a closeness between the usos and, and roman reigns like that's not you don't have to tell us about it like with candace and tegan we we've seen it and we feel it so watching him like destroying his own flesh and blood like proper greek tragedy stuff mm. gimme i want i want it and i hope i think that's what they're going to do because like you say uh, Paul Heyman is the uh, is the ally here, and I think he is going to tell you know Coach Roman that sometimes you need to go to uh, terrible places in order to get things done. I said last one, but two have just sneaked in right at the end. Uh, one is George Yamin, who just uh, hasn't sent a message, but just super chatted. So thank you very much. And uh, Nined Mahesh, who says, who do you guys think Finn Balor should lose his title to with the current roster? Watching you guys at 3 a.m. Jam that jam from New Zealand. Jam that jam, Nined. That is dedication. And probably insomnia. Thank you so much, uh, Champa. Yeah, I'm I'm also on the Champa bandwagon. If I can't have Bray Wyatt go down and do it, I'm gonna have Champa. Uh, because I think there's some really interesting chemistry between those two there, like we, we talked about earlier in the podcast. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzlemania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Are you nervous? Yes, I am. Um, I'm more nervous about chess. I'm going to bollocks this quiz up. I have no idea how I'm going to combine the two things. I'm just going to get bits of hair everywhere in my laptop and my keyboard um it's gonna be it's gonna be fine the eyebrows is the thing that i i will miss obviously my i've shaved my hair before um i've not done the egg thing obviously like when as a as a man you know someone who's wrestled with this dilemma yourself you you understand that you have to keep a little something on the chin if you're going to lose a little something on the roof um when did you uh kind of first go slapped uh four years ago i think something like that um yeah the decision was just i could keep wrestling with my hair for ages or i could just get rid of it and it might i might be happier uh but obviously now the the constant shaving is now the issue on the other side of things you're like okay well i spend less time doing my hair and being upset that it's not 
done anymore when I leave the house and it's windy. Uh, but <laughs> I spend a lot more time being like, man, it's long. So there's a lot of hats now. Do you have one of those kind of like little razors you can put in the palm of your hand that just goes kind of like all around the head? They are surprisingly expensive. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, for what they are. I, I do actually want one and I probably should fork out for one eventually. But yeah, I'm just currently using another, an older razor, uh, which is probably not good because I keep missing bits. <laughs> Keeps growing back in patches, which is another reason why I wear a lot of hats because it's patchy as balls <laughs> the glamorous lifestyle of Laurie Blake oh yeah yeah what so yeah I guess the problem with the missing the eyebrow as someone with also like quite uh light eyebrows my eyebrows do go all the way to the end of my eyes but they just don't look like do they, they do they just they just taper off here like they it's really they're really blonde so they go here but they just looks like they only go about that far you need to get a pencil in there mate yeah, well, the problem is it, it's difficult because people always go like, oh, you don't really emote very much. It's like I've been emoting a lot, but you just can't see because I don't have eyebrows. So you don't know. <laughs> Draw the huge thing <laughs> yeah, that exactly. on one. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, we raised 6K. So there we go. That's a good thing. And uh, a few weeks, a few weeks of egg time is uh, is more than worth uh, helping out calm. But uh, no, I, I I wish I didn't have to do it. <laughs> I, I I wish there was some way around it. But uh, I, I I think I booked myself into a corner. You don't want to swerve the charity, <laughs> no? Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be amazing. You coward! I've joined the kind authority, of a and I'm what just... kind of a booker are you? <laughs> I love that. Ollie just like fires Luke. Then, you know, Pete kind of get, you know, donates all of his points to Ollie. Those are the both the kind of the big heel turn things. Mine is defrauding a mental health charity. <laughs> Slightly different levels of heel, but mm. yeah. Are you going to shave your beard off for charity then in a future Quizomania? Doubt it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll do something else for charity and probably not on Quizomania, but there you go. <laughs> no one wants to see me on Quizomania, Adam. Yeah, the halcyon days of Quizomania 3. <laughs> and the, you've ba- got to and take, the backlash. You've got to take it seriously, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. Silly. Uh, well... Well, that's it uh, for the show. We are going to be back with uh, the magazine show, the AEW as well, because we're doing this on Wednesday. I keep thinking it's Thursday because we're doing this, because we're recording this on a Wednesday. So you've also got AEW tomorrow. You're going to have the magazine show. You are going to have SmackDown as well on Saturday. And then all will start again because we're out of the pay-per-view cycle. And finally... uh... I have been brought in uh, to cover for Luke on the magazine show. Obviously, Luke uh, sadly fired after All Out, so I will be stepping in. So that will be my first video uh, with kind of full egg uh, for Mm. the channel. So make sure you check out the magazine show, and I'll be doing it with Denise Salcedo as well, who is lovely. Mm -hmm. And is going to be subjected to the horrible, hideous Eggman that Adam becomes. Thank you for listening. See you later. Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.